Hi, Hi everyone. everyone. I'm John. And I'm Georgia. And we're here inside your ears to talk about the mac and cheese of movies. This, this is Comfort Films. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Comfort Films podcast. If you're new here, I am John Macy, and this is my wife. Georgia Macy. And we are talking in our bedroom closet about movies because that's something that we like to do and we would like to share that with you. So welcome to our bedroom closet. Welcome. Yes, you're free to try on any of the clothes that you see. You can borrow something if you like. If you have a piece that might be good for one of us, please, you know, give us a shout. Maybe we can work out like an exchange. We love fashion we as do. well. We our, are. New, our new fashion podcast will be up soon. Yeah, they're going to make a movie about us, you know, kind of like House of Gucci. We haven't seen House of Gucci, but I got to tell you, we're we're fashionable. Uh, yeah, if it comes to just lots of t-shirts. Yes, I have a lot of t-shirts with a lot of pop culture references on them. And I know that is the cutting edge of fashion. <laughs> yes, I also have said t-shirts. Uh, and other than that, just lots of you know, low quality work clothes. <laughs> I have a lot of ill-fitting jeans, you know? I mean, just come and take a look. <laughs> so you get to be in here and enjoy these low quality clothes with us. While we talk about film. Yes. Ah, how good. Well, it's so good to have you here. And uh, I mean, just to jump in though, the yeah. best part is that people can't see anything. Oh yeah, right. You have no idea. You have no idea. Right now, we are wearing some uh, very fashionable Santa hats yes. that look very good. And hopefully we do put up video later because uh, it needs to become worth it. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> maybe it'll go up. Maybe it won't. Who knows? So <laughs> it's kind of like we're playing in the dark right now. Yeah. And, these uh, are rather warm. I mean, actually, we're having cold weather in L.A. right now. Yeah, it's making it a little bit easier in the closet. Thankfully. But yes. then we just decided we needed to up the ante. We always need to up the stakes. By putting on some polyester fur hats. <laughs> Anything for fashion, that's what I'm telling you. Yes. Anything for fashion. It's really for Christmas. Yes, it is. It is. We're being Christmassy. Christmas. This is our Christmas month. We've been doing Christmas movies all month. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. And we are at episode 10, if you can believe it. Yeah. Episode 10. Double digits. Double digits here. Who knew? Hmm. I'm, I'm really impressed with us. I am also, because we don't stick to things all the time. So <laughs> no, no. This is good. This yeah. is good. We've done better on this than any diet we've ever been on. <laughs> That's the same thought I had. Yes. That's the same thought I had. So Made I mean, it 10 weeks. We've never done that. No. I mean, I feel like we can go solid for like a good 21 days, you know? <laughs> And then it's like, hey, you know, there's a drive through over there. Yeah, yeah I need yeah. some pizza now. I need some pizza. Well, that's why it's Comfort Films, right? It is. Right? We talk about food movies, and movies. food, fashion, all the <laughs> things we love. We, the, again, the fashion is just going to be a really integral component of tonight's program. <laughs> this I can is feel like it. the second time we've talked about clothes. Really? I think so, yeah. That's I think impressive. we had another show where we inexplicably discussed clothing hmm. so well i mean it's, here we are anything goes here anything goes <laughs> when you're talking in your bedroom closet and north hollywood california yes this is true ladies and gentlemen so i do want to give a big shout out we both want to give a big shout out to paul from 80s forever and ever uh we went live with him on instagram and we talked about whether die hard is in fact a Christmas film. Now, yes, you heard our arguments if you heard our episode last week. Mm -hmm. um, but John just went on and battled it out with Paul. Yes, uh, uh, a very friendly battle. Oh yeah, very friendly. A friend of mine. <laughs> we go way back. Uh, we were sweetmates in college together, and he's got a great program where every week he discusses what happened in the '80s in terms of music, movies, culture. Very funny guy, and uh, we had a really good talk. Yeah, so. and if you like what we do, then you certainly will like what Paul does. So go find him on YouTube, Instagram, yes. Facebook. Please do. Please follow him. He is worth it. Yeah. It's a good time. Check him out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as always, we're going to talk about 
Christmas Vacation with a lot of spoilers. So if you have not seen Christmas Vacation and you don't want us to ruin it, please stop. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. Stop and the just, insanity. Right. I mean, your <laughs> life is really an important thing and you don't want to ruin a special event like this. <laughs> you know, this is worse than opening the gifts and then resealing the gifts and then opening the gifts again like you didn't open them to begin with. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, don't be that guy. No, and I've done it. And I it's have also. Awful. We'll talk about that later. I did. You know, I actually opened up a Pretty Woman DVD I very neatly oh no pardon me it wasn't even DVD what am I talking about it's VHS <laughs> you know I'm a kid of the 80s it was a VHS and I very neatly opened up with a pen knife the cellophane on the bottom of the cassette just to slide it out oh my gosh yes and I watched the film several times really enjoyed it I've I found my gifts on accident Ooh. one time, and then I just kept going back and looking at them. <laughs> it's just, what could you do? What yeah. could you do? I got a Care Bear cousin. This I was, love the Care Bears. This was in uh, probably, I don't know, late mid to late 80s. Okay. My parents bought us these Care Bear Cousins, so Care they Bear weren't cousins. the bears. I don't remember the cousins. They were other animals. Huh. And my Care Bear Cousin was a rabbit. I think it might have been called Swifty. Wait I, a minute. It's a Care Bear, but it's a rabbit? It's a Care Bear, but it's not a bear. Oh. So one of my sisters had a raccoon that okay. was purple. Okay. I had this blue rabbit that yeah. I think was named Swifty. I really would have to look this up. Yeah, yeah. And then I think my other sister had a lion. Ooh. I could be wrong. Okay. No, no, I'm not wrong. It was a lion, and she called him Lion-O. Oh, yeah, after Thundercats. I don't know if it was after that or if it was just that's what she thought of. Ooh. But, you know, anyway, we well. got these for Christmas. Yeah. And I don't know how I found it. I was in my dad's study mm -hmm. and he had this old wooden sliding door closet. Okay. And I was looking in there for something mm -hmm. and lo and behold, I stumble upon all of our unwrapped Care Bear cousins. You found the treasure. And I was really excited. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm going to leave this alone. I don't want anybody to know. Okay. But then I kept going back and looking at it. <laughs> The curiosity. Just, I was excited. I was ready for it to be mine. Oh, man. Couldn't wait. I, look, that was me, too. I just was so ready. And <laughs> I am the luckiest kid in the world. I was the most spoiled kid in the world. And I'll tell you why. Because I found the gifts in my mother's bedroom closet where I knew that they had been hiding them. And then this year, it's like, I got to take a peek. And there were even more gifts than what I found. <laughs> I mean, yes. Wow, yes. yes. You were spoiled. You had so many toys. Oh, I did. I, I did. mean, I know this because we cleaned out your mom's attic. Yes, you and saw we it. Pulled them all down and, you know, ended up selling quite a few of them and stuff. But yeah, you had all the toys all the Star Wars, all the G.I. Joe, all the He Man. I had GoBots, I had Transformers. Um, I don't think I had any Thundercats, uh, and I'm sure I'm missing a ton, you yeah. know, when I think about you it. You had everything. I had a Smokey and the Bandit playset. Smokey and the Bandit Part 2. <laughs> yes, I had the 18-wheeler, okay? That's awesome. No, no, it gets so good. The, the trailer opened up in the back. And out came the little elephant. Oh, my God. The little elephant Stop. could go in and out. Oh, it was good. That's so good. good. Well, that's the boon of an only child. Oh, yeah. Oh, to yeah. get to have all those toys. I loved it. If so, I got yeah. a toy, my sisters had to get an equal toy. Even <laughs> on my birthday, my yeah. grandmother would send me a birthday gift, but she would also send my sisters like a consolation prize for it not being their birthday. Okay, I like that. Uh, but I got the same thing on their birthday, mm -hmm. so it worked out. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. We do. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> we go off the road and then we come back. Okay. I am going to give a synopsis of the film. You know, it's really streamlined because we just want to get right down to the meat and potatoes here. So, uh, without further ado, let me read to you our brief synopsis of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation brings us Chevy Chase on his third outing as Clark Griswold, a simple family man who only has one holiday wish, a good old-fashioned family Christmas. But the fates 
his eccentric extended family, and his Scrooge-like boss seem to be conspiring against him at every turn. And that is that. It is. I mean, that's it. The funny thing about this movie is that it doesn't really have much of a plot overall. It's It's, Christmas. That's it. It's just like, this is a movie about Christmas, Mm -hmm. and we're going to hit you with every single Christmas trope. Yeah. And uh, it makes it kind of episodic. I mean, there is like an overarching plot Mm -hmm. story, which is about the Christmas bonus. Yeah. Um, But overall... That isn't the focus the whole time. We have all these other little things getting peppered in. Mm -hmm. So this is just kind of an overall stamped Christmas movie. This is about Christmas. I love it because you can check all the boxes. And what makes it a classic is that all of us have been through all these experiences in one way or another. Yeah, it's super relatable. Mm -hmm. It may not be exactly how it goes for you. Yeah. But there's something that you've dealt with that's similar. And the funny thing about this one is a lot of times on our show, um, we choose a movie that one or the other of us really loves, something that's really imprinted on us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we explain why we picked it. Yeah. But this time we actually kind of neither one of us picked this movie. Just kind of happened. In a way. Um, We just were thinking about Christmas movies and we wanted to do some movies that we watch over and over and over and over. Yeah. So like Die Hard was an example of that. Oh, yeah. We're going to do Scrooged next week. Yes, we uh, will. And that's our number one classic Christmas movie, I think. Absolutely. Love it, 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 love it. But we also watch a ton of Christmas movies every year. So we're always looking for something either new, which this isn't, or just nostalgic that Mm -hmm. we maybe haven't watched in a long time. Yeah. And And this falls under the second category. Um, We both watch this a lot or at least some with our families when we were oh, younger yeah. saw it in the theater saw it in the theater yeah yeah saw i think it many I, times after i think i did too mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure my dad loved this movie it's very much up his alley humor wise i was a big chevy chase guy growing up i mean every single chevy chase movie i wanted a part of it i remember seeing fletch in the theater you know and i of course you know caddyshack yeah, and uh, oh, you love yeah. I mean, I he's could go kind on of like on. the guy you wanted to be. It is. I, I really like tried to like memorize his humor. I watched his moves. You know, those really quick kind of under his breath things that just make you laugh every time. Yeah, you know, is it? A, <laughs> we have a pond and a pool. Uh, pond would be good for you though. <laughs> that was Caddyshack. Um, and yeah, we could we could go on and on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. I mean, like my dad again likes what I would term, like, butt-scratching humor. So, like, <laughs> Cousin Eddie is, like, right up his alley. <laughs> butt-scratching humor is... That That should be trademarked. Well, um, very, very amazing. Butt-scratching humor, copyright <laughs> 2021, Georgia Macy. Um, you know, I just think mm. about that because... He would make he would think that was funny. Like, yeah. he loved the TV show Roseanne, and there was a scene in that show where... I think John Goodman and Roseanne Barr were trying to embarrass Darlene or okay. something. Okay. So they kind of pretended they were standing behind her friend or something and pretending to like scratch their butts and pick <laughs> their noses. And my dad thought that was the most hilarious thing. It's pretty good. And he would constantly like do an impression of that. <laughs> and my dad is not like I told I've said it before. Mm. My dad is not a huge movie guy or huge entertainment guy. He likes to read. Yeah. And he likes like martial arts movies. And that's about, you know, he he doesn't really, he likes some science fiction, but he doesn't really do a lot of other stuff. But butt scratching humor, somehow he gets it, he likes it. Yeah. And yeah, Cousin Eddie, I gotta guess, is one of his, like, idols somehow. So, and mm-hmm. we have some funny Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid moments in this. Oh, yeah. And well, it's and it's also funny because I kind of look like Randy Quaid. Yeah, you do. You know, and, and it's just like <laughs> I never would have thought that. I, like, <laughs> I can't uh, wait to grow up and marry somebody who kind of looks sort of like Randy Quaid. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, Randy Quaid. OK, I mean, I'm going to take a moment and talk Randy Quaid. What a talented guy. Yeah. I mean, this you isn't know? all he could. This is 
this is probably the thing I think about the most with Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's certainly not all he can do. We talked about this. Well, the last detail. Very serious film that he did with Jack Nicholson. And it's a wow. really good movie. Amazing. And he's great in it. He, he and is it's a just, serious oh. kind of performance. Yeah, he breaks your heart. He's so honest. He's so innocent. It's just, he has everything right there. And then I always remember him in Brokeback Mountain really like different performance it's it's like kind of along the same lines as what he did in days of thunder you know he kind of reminds me you know we talked about rip torn it's like Mm -hmm. a, a similar type of situation he was excellent when he played guys that were that were in positions of power yes you know that had some responsibility but what we really know him for are the wild man roles yeah. like this, uh, Independence Day. Yes. Everybody thinks Crazy about guy. that. Yeah. And Caddyshack too. That scene, oh my God, mm-hmm. that makes me laugh. That makes me laugh, laugh every time. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. When I think of Caddyshack too, honestly, the only scene that that like pops to mind, like first and foremost, every time is the scene where he explained how he does business in yeah, that film. That and, is a great scene. Yeah, he comes in with a briefcase, and it's just a baseball bat. <laughs> and he, he, like, you know, it, it's just like a ridiculous negotiation. It's honestly almost like, uh, it, it's like Joe Pesci in Casino. Yeah, That's well, what it's like. He's, he's not afraid to go there. No. In any of these movies, even the serious ones. Yeah, You know, yeah. He, he goes there in a really... Um, powerful way mm-hmm. whether it's butt scratching mm. or last detail which is very serious non-butt scratching no kind of a movie not no not there's at all. no butt scratching last detail if you weren't familiar with it what the deal is there is that jack nicholson is tasked to go down with another member of the marines right are they in the marines in the military police. In mili- it's military police but i can't remember what division? I think it is the Marines. I think you're correct. See, look at me. I'm wanting to tell you, and I'm <laughs> dropping the ball. What I can mean, I do? I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter. It, all right. He's in the military. Military. Jack Nicholson and his buddy, who's also military police, have to bring Randy Quaid to military prison. And it is this young kid, you know, and it's Randy Quaid. And what they decide along the way, bringing him to prison, they want to kind of give him one last hurrah because he's a young guy. And they don't want him to go to prison just without having experienced anything, you know, that that you would experience when when you were a kid. So, I mean, there's like some wild partying and a bond is formed with the men Mm -hmm. and it it comes to the, well, I don't want to ruin it. It's an excellent movie. We're not doing The Last Detail We're not, we're not. I'm off track. So go watch The Last Detail, though. Not at Christmas. No. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a Christmas film. You know, save it for January. Yeah, just, you know, a different day. A different time, you know, if it's a snowy day or a rainy day in January, Last Detail would be a great... Mood, yeah, movie. just just kind of. This is not a not a Christmas film, but no. again, Randy Quaid, excellent, <laughs> excellent actor, went down the completely wrong road than I this wanted. This is to go. what happens when you know too many movies. I jeez, because you start talking about one and then you start talking about another one. Yeah, and John like knows so many movies and can make so many connections. I'm guilty. That he just goes on and on and on, and we're like, oh, we're talking about Christmas Vacation. (laughs) No, now we're talking about, like, a very serious 70s drama. Okay, well, you know, that's okay, because we like all these movies. We do. Even if we're not talking about Last of Tale, not a comfort film. Not a comfort film. A great film. Absolutely. Once we have a different, you know, our 17th podcast, which is going to be called Really Depressing Great Films. (laughs) We'll talk about Last Detail, but comfort, not so much. Or we could have a podcast called John Doesn't Stay on Topic. I think that one would <laughs> that be... That is this podcast. That is this one. Yeah, it's you're my, absolutely I'm right. in this podcast as well, because I have a little trouble. Sometimes I, I steer us off road. I always try to steer us back. Yeah. Um, but we hope you you enjoy our 20 minutes uh, digression of not really talking about the movie we're supposed to be talking about. Yes. Yes. You know, that's what we do here. 
Thank you guys for understanding. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah. I think we're going to start talking about Christmas vacation now. I think that's a great idea. You know? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as we were saying, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing with this movie is that it kind of tries to hit every Christmas thing. Yes. Because Clark Griswold's deal, as we said in the synopsis, is that he just has like this one holiday wish. He wants to have a good old-fashioned family Christmas. Sure does. Which I think is exactly how he puts it mm-hmm. when he's talking to his wife. Um, and, you know, he wants to do every single thing that that entails. Yes. So we have scenes with a whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of address all of them. Well, the first thing that we've got is the, the Christmas tree. That's, yes. you know, where we start out. Yes. Is going to get the Christmas tree. Now, I have never gone to get a Christmas tree. i got to be honest with you. We had uh, a fake tree that we used every year. And yeah, we your had mom it. bought that like before you were even born. Yeah, I think her dad actually bought it. Oh, my gosh. It. Yes, it's a very old tree. And so everybody just kept you know, using it. Her dad used it. We used it. She continues to use it. i got to say, it looks really good to be that old. It's a really good-looking tree. Yeah, because we have, like, a Walmart little four-footer that yeah. we've had because we always live in, like, a tiny little box of mm-hmm. an apartment. Yeah. And it is looking pretty threadbare. <laughs> like, every time I take it out of the box, half of the little plastic thingies, I don't know what I'm going to call them. I, it's fur, not leaves. Furs? I don't know. Let's, I don't know. We're not scientists. (laughs) I'm not a botanist. I don't know about this, man. Not that this is botany in any way. No. But yeah, the little thingamoos fall off and we're just getting like this little (laughs) naked tree. But your mom's tree looks awesome. Yeah, looks great. Even though it's a thousand. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's the experience that I had with that. I went over to friends' houses where they would get a tree, and I, I would think it looked nice, and then they needed to have the bowl on the bottom to catch the sap, yes. and then it would kind of, you know, dissipate over time, yeah. and, it would, and then you would just see these brown Christmas tree corpses. <laughs> yes. You know, like, littering. It's like the you know, tumbleweeds the of the East. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we have tumbleweeds out here, but out, out there it was just like this hideous old dried up burned looking <laughs> Christmas trees. I always had a real Christmas tree. We never had a fake one. No kidding. So we're different in that oh, respect. I didn't know that. Um, and we would have like different types of trees. Mm-hmm. Like I think... You know, more people do furs and things like that. But where I lived, we didn't really have that kind of tree. So we kind of had these weird kind of like cedar type trees. Okay. All right. They smelled kind of bad. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of smelled like pee a little bit. Oh, wow. I don't know why, but this is what I recall from being a little kid. And, you know, they have weak kind of branches. So you're trying to hang stuff on there and it goes really bad. (laughs) (laughs) But when I got older in high school, my mom would go and get, like, the better quality. I guess these are just, like, dumpster trees that my dad would get when I was little. I don't don't really know. I just know that we'd get these big cedar tree. (laughs) That were brittle. Very brittle. That was, like, a fat, (laughs) pea-smelling, terrible, no-branch kind of a tree. Hmm. But when I was older... We had these better trees that weren't so garbage. Okay. Um, and they worked better. But we always bought ours on a lot. We didn't, like, go out to cut one down like no. Clark and family. Um, and, of course, I didn't have to contend with snow either. But no. I do have to say my mom is, like, a major Christmas fan mm-hmm. of decorations especially. Yeah. And we would have our Christmas tree up. For an inordinate amount of time. We kept ours up too. Not like my mom. How long did you go? One year until April. Wow. And it was dead. It was like, it was like dead. (laughs) But she just couldn't put it away. She just loved it too much. We would have. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't catch fire in the in the living room with the lights on it. I'm surprised there are any branches left if it's as brittle as you said. Well, that wasn't the cedar. This was later when we had like the better. Okay. Okay. The non-junk tree. All right. I mean, I I think for us, I think end of January, you know, and we thought 
we thought we were pushing it then. Like, we usually kept it up through New Year's. You know, it was nice. There was yeah. always a really good mood, you know, because we had, like, a, a, a sunroom, basically. A lot mm -hmm. of windows. And the tree was in, like, this, you know, right in the view of this bay window. So you could see it coming down yeah, the street. Yeah, it was really pretty. Oh, it was gorgeous. I like how you guys set that up. Yeah, and then we would always have Christmas music going in there. And then you'd have the real lights down and just you'd have the Christmas lights and on. And your mom had, like, the nativity mm -hmm. set up. Yeah, and when I was younger, we used to have uh, something that, that her dad made. It was like this uh, green board, okay? I, I don't know how to explain it. Almost like, um, almost looked like a, a putting green, you know, that type okay, of yeah. material, okay? And he put it over this large board, and then he nailed a train track to it. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, super cool. And there was an outlet built into this platform oh man that's yeah. the hardware store owner coming out right there absolutely it yeah. looked so great that's next and level so, yeah and it, it was like you could just plug in and then you would just have all these outlets that you could plug in and then you just had one cord for this whole platform that you plugged in yeah and that would take care of the tree the trains the whole thing i mean extremely impressive and so it was just a real experience then we had all these little ceramic christmas tree houses that we would put up which were really nice and then we would have uh christmas candles on the windows you know the oh, little yeah. lighted christmas candles i used to love those i did too and then we had a massive massive pine tree out front and there used to be christmas lights on that too that's awesome and and i mean that thing was what 25 30 feet high like that thing was that was massive. enormous like your dad was crazy yeah and it was together. so wide and when we moved in i think it was it was just starting to grow oh wow i know i know so it's that's like crazy to know because that thing was ginormous by the time your mom moved away it was yeah it was really big and then we had you know we had a white lamppost outside we had christmas lights around that we had christmas lights on the bushes we were really big christmas yeah. people it was an absolute but event. it was like tasteful oh yeah it was nice it wasn't like clark griswold style oh no i mean my family had that too um we didn't really decorate outside the house when i was a little kid mm -hmm. with my dad but then when my mom got remarried i was like 12 mm -hmm. um, my stepdad would put up just like one kind of string of lights around the roof okay that were just like the nice color ones so it kind of looked like a gingerbread house kind of a deal oh that's neat it was cute it was cute but it wasn't like over the top and our tree sat in the front window we had like a big picture window yeah. in the living room which we didn't even really use that room i don't know if this is a thing with people outside the south but in the south kind of people have like a living room that's like the formal living room mm -hmm. and then they have like a den which is like the room you actually sit in yeah and we didn't ever go in like the formal living room except around christmas okay it was just like a big empty room later i used to like exercise in there because you Ooh. could move around although i was right in the front window so it's kind of <laughs> embarrassing but that's kind of awesome you could just wave you know just be yeah, on the no. treadmill <laughs> you know i'd be like flashing the i wish biceps, it was the treadmill you know? no i was like doing like aerobics video so oh, i was wow. just flailing poorly around the room looking like a oh spaz if you see me do aerobics i promise you it's not as bad as that it's not i know you're the worst <laughs> i have the most uncoordinated character like, you will ever meet in your life no though. offense but no yeah, flailing is the right word call it as you see it because you are right i'm always worried about getting a smack when you're like waving your arms around i'm like oh, we've got to get out of the way of that <laughs> i'm a mess guys i'm a uh, i'm a certified mess so no well clark griswold i mean he had so many lights that yeah. i think i mean how far away do you think you could have seen those from space <laughs> and then what about his electric bill i also wonder about I that i mean too. i actually have some inside dope on the electric bill okay all right because i used to work at the electric company when we lived in new england mm -hmm. and there were people who had massive electric bills okay i don't know if you remember but there was this guy in saugus mass who had so much christmas stuff that he had to bring in like um industrial strength power oh wait wait yes 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 okay and we drove yes. to see it mm -hmm. 
And because my department was in charge of like upgrading power mm-hmm. and like putting in the orders for that, yeah, um, I was involved. So I found out about it, and we ended up driving out to look at it. And he had like a Clark Griswold situation going on, and I'm sure his. I mean, I don't know exactly how much his bill was, but I'm sure it was in like the thousands. That's wow. Just in December, but wow. it was worth it to him because. People would come from everywhere to just drive by his house and look at it. Well, I got to tell you, in the movie, when Clark, you know, he works so hard to get those lights up and he just can't see the fruits of his labor, you know, or is it fruit or fruits? I never know. But he can't see, you know, the joy that these lights bring. Yes. And it's just like he's worked so hard. It feels like Charlie Brown. It you is. Know? He's like, it's. I, I was just going to say something like that at some point during this. He's. It's a play on like this born loser kind of archetype. Yeah. Um. He he keeps trying as hard as he can. Yeah. It's like this is all he wants. All he wants is to have the perfect Christmas, which actually is a pretty tall order when you think about it. But he kind of treats it like it's, you know, this is all I want. How hard is it? Um, And the decorations foil him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then finally it does work out. When it works out, I'm like, yeah. His wife figures out that they needed to switch on some really hazardous (laughs) looking switch that uh, activates these 80 plugs that are all plugged into one outlet wives are smart 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 <laughs> that is the lesson uh, listen to your wife you, you know? should listen to that lesson I, sometimes geez, i i should more you know <laughs> I, I listen to you and then like all this time i'm like ah, i think i know what this is yeah yeah i tank it you yeah. know big time and uh, I come back around, and I'm like, oh, you were absolutely a thousand percent right. Although, I mean, that happens sometimes with you, too. Like, you'll tell me something. Uh, we're both extremely not stubborn. Not as much. Not as much. Well, probably not. <laughs> because I'm right so often. You are. But... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to deny it. Uh, but, yeah, it, this happens to me, too. So, nobody's perfect. And, again, yes, we're both stubborn, stubborn oh, people. Yeah. So... Another thing, what is the what happens is going shopping, mm. shopping for gifts. Oh yeah, and it's such a pain, and then you have to figure out where you're going to hide them, as we talked before. Oh yeah, and if you live in a cracker box like we do, it's really difficult. Well, yeah, in if our we're apartment getting now, gifts yeah. for each other, like where am I going to hide John's gifts? I don't know. Where's John going to hide my gifts? I don't know. I'm not going to hide them. You know what I'm going to do is they come in the mail because I did everything online. I am going to open it, wrap it, and just put it under our tree. Well, that's smart, but mm-hmm. I'm home for like one hour a day, pretty much. So yeah. I don't know how I'm going to handle it, but we'll see what happens. You can sneak. You can sneak. I'll, I'll see what I can moves. do. But I, you know, I'm probably going to end up actually going out to shop somewhat. Oh, wow. Um, but you did the right thing, in my opinion, doing everything online. Yeah. If you can do it, it's so much easier. But, yeah. I mean, Christmas Vacation was, what, 1989? Mm-hmm. No online shopping for these cats. No. And then, you know, when you had to hide it, I mean, what I thought was hilarious is he's hiding gifts in the attic. And as he's hiding gifts, he finds old gifts that he forgot about. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that is so real. When your hiding spot is so good that you forgot about it. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. I've had that happen to me before. Well, and then also being up in that attic. I mean, we had an attic like that, yes. you know, when I was a kid. But my dad actually went up and nailed boards down. So that, you know, it was like a flat floor the whole way around. And boy, was I thankful for him. Oh, yeah. When we went to clean that sucker out. Yeah, because there was so much oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine not being able to step. I would have definitely fallen through the roof like Ooh. Clark did in this. I, I, my whole butt would have just gone right through. I like, you know, <laughs> oh, he yeah. just goes one foot through the ceiling. Well, because he lands on a gone. bunk bed. We would have gone through oh. the bunk bed, through the basement, probably. We would have been, <laughs> been lying on the ground underneath. I would have been in the center of the earth, you know, <laughs> I would have been down there. Yeah, so that's true. When you do something, you do it. All the way, baby. All the way. And like, I mean, I also, you know, have to say that the uh, the actual ladder, you know, when, when you would pull oh that down. Gosh. Oh, we had a ladder like that, too. 
That gave oh me anxiety God. when Same we were here. watching this. I felt like he was going to go down. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have ladder accidents. So mm. everybody be careful if you're going up a ladder. You're yeah. stressing me out right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Just thinking about you. I don't miss it. I don't miss that part no. at all. I don't even... I'm scared of heights. I'm so scared of heights that I don't even like going up on the third step of the step stool. I, I can feel you. I fell off of a eight-foot ladder one time <gasps> and it really hurt. What happened? Nothing. Well, it's the, not even that high, but I mean... Eight feet is really high. I mean, it felt like a, it was not good. I've been up... I mean, okay, here's here's some, like, terrifying stuff. Okay, I've been up in a, a theater ceiling where people... <sighs> yes. Where people hang lights. I'm like, I don't know what, 30, 40, I don't know, maybe a little more in the air. And there's just this narrow little walkway. No. And you're yeah, exactly anxiety now. Uh, it's yeah, it's terrifying. The funny thing is, I would rather be in like a top of a skyscraper mm. than on like an eight foot ladder. I wouldn't be, and happy that's at it what you're telling me about. Like, I wouldn't go on a roof. I don't, that's worse to me than going on skyscraper for some reason. It's look, going up high. I, 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 I mean, we've been on top of the Sears Tower, whatever it's called now. That scared me. I wasn't scared by that because it's almost like fake. It's like I don't even know what I'm doing. Ooh, it's like, I'm, it's like a cartoon. I have the same thing when I'm in a plane. In a plane, I'm not really scared of heights, even though like you're obviously much higher. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I guess I feel like I've gone at the point of no return. Yeah. I'm like, well, if I fall out of this, there's really no question. <laughs> I'm done. Well, you know, when you were just leaning a ladder, you know, against a house and like going up you know really high going up to the so roof rickety though yes and that and that's what would always get me even when i was younger and thinner i mean these things would wobble and it was scary stuff i would see those commercials for like the adjustable ladders that you could like make like all kind of different shapes with mm -hmm. i was like now that ladder looks good to me <laughs> like it was like an infomercial i was really sold when i was like nine I want one of those utility trucks, you know, where you're just in a bucket. <laughs> the buckets. Yeah, that would that would feel safe to me. I don't know about the buckets. I it's I mean, I just want like a really solid, strong platform. Or, you know, I just like to fly. Well that would have been, <laughs> that, that would, would have been a different thing if Clark was in a bucket truck. If he was in a bucket truck lights. Well when people are slipping off the roof. Oh no, my gosh. No, not cool. Well when he when he staples his shirt. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Yeah, when he's putting up the Christmas lights and he staples his shirt into the roof and he's trying to get free. Oh, man. Gosh, I don't know how we got back onto these decorations discussions. I don't know. We're talking about shopping. But anyway. Anyway. Um, back around. What else? What else? What else happened? Having family yes. over. They do this having family over. And they really... Uh, What's my word? They really go for it with the having the family over. I have been. They really to, escalate it. Oh, they sure do. I've done. I've done family Christmases when I was younger. Um, it never really happened at my house. We would go to my dad's family, and you know, all of his family would come over. So it would be like a really big event. Yeah. You know, and so I I've experienced it from that angle. But I have to say, I have never seen anything as as it's I, chaotic yeah as, as this well they have so many family members come over yeah, and yeah. even though they have a fairly nice size house mm -hmm. it's just overrun well and everybody really has like some particular needs you know what i mean they have different things that they want to do for instance you have someone that wants to smoke cigars all the time and in 1989 i don't think you would you would think about it as much as you would now but you know it's like you're gonna have somebody smoking the whole time you've got stank in there right and you've got the fire hazard right and then you have you know the cat which is running around and yes. then that's that's a whole other you know situation yeah well in my family we might have like a big group but don't really do a lot of like the sleeping over type thing mm -hmm. and i really don't remember us ever doing a both sides of the family thing so what they've mm -hmm. got in this is that clark's family his parents come over yeah and then his wife's parents also come over yeah and so you have both sides of the family mm -hmm. in addition to some extended family 
and then some unexpected family because Cousin Eddie and his kids and wife show up. They sure do. And so it becomes very tense and very difficult to deal with. But, you know, I think it's realistic. I mean, because you're disrupting your routine. Oh, yeah. You have so many people to feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, just trying to figure out what you and me want to eat for dinner sometimes is a headache. Sure is. Add, you know, 12 more people to the mix. Oh, man. Forget it. Yeah, well, and it's, I mean, I only had it where it was just my father's side of the family. I have, I've never had it where both sides of the family come together. Yeah, me so, either. I, can't. I mean, wow. I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't imagine it. And when, then when we got married. Mm hmm. We had your side of the family and my side of the family. Yeah. And it went fairly well. Yeah. But it still was kind of a lot of people in one place. Oh, it is. I mean, and then it's just like... And that wasn't everybody sleeping in the same house. No. This is everyone sleeping there. Oh, that's... that's the, It's like there's no escape. You were locked in. So it's like, you know, you have like... You know, I could see myself as Clark wanting to have this good old-fashioned Christmas and have everyone come together and have it be great but you're going to run into clashing personalities you're going to run into a lot of people that want to do different things in the same space yeah you know and sharing is not like not everybody is as good at sharing as everybody else no and then your temper i mean you got to hold your temper together yeah while you know all this is going on you can't just blow up no and then you know i mean in this film it just keeps going and going and going, and it's like there's this money crisis because yeah. Clark has spent money on this pool because he's expecting a Christmas yeah, bonus, and it, and then it doesn't come, and then everyone just keeps pushing him. It feels like yeah. Well, I mean, that's really that's the overall focus. So mm-hmm. like where we're of course we have these like little episodes during the movie where we're dealing with getting the tree, doing the decor. Yeah. shopping people are wearing their little holiday outfits mm-hmm. you got your family over you have to cook all this food and it's like special christmas food yeah you gotta have all the gifts so we have all those little tropes but the overarching one in the movie is the idea of this christmas bonus mm-hmm. it's part of the thing for clark yeah is that he wants to make this huge gift to the family of having a swimming pool and it's his dream mm-hmm. that part of this old-fashioned family Christmas is that he can present this idea of having a pool to the whole family and have all of them, you know, come back yeah, and spend time together and, and swim in the pool and really just enjoy themselves later um, in the year. And then, of course, this year, instead of giving the Christmas bonus, his boss... Sends a jelly of the month club. Oh my gosh. I mean that oh oh it's heartbreaking. It it's, really whether oh. you like Clark or not, which I feel like you can make a case for either one either way. Yeah. because um, he is kind of a, a jerk sometimes. Well he's a lech. I mean that's yeah. one of the things that we see in all the movies. Yeah. Is that Clark has got a wandering eye. And it's kind of terrible because yeah. he has this beautiful wife. Yes. Beverly D'Angelo is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But he can't stop thinking and fantasizing about other women. Not that that's like a huge big deal. I mean, I think that's kind of a guy thing. It was more of a thing. You know, I feel like they made more of a joke of it when we were younger. You know, we would see it a lot like in Benny Hill. You know what I mean? That, that like. It's very dated. Correct. When we revisit it. There's a few things in this movie that feel dated. Yeah. The yuppie kind of neighbors feel dated. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And Nicholas Guest. Yeah. I mean, they feel dated. I mean, you got your neighbor problems. God knows we do. Sure. But uh, not our not our neighbor Eddie though. He's good. No, our God. neighbor Eddie is. But super we do cool. have other neighbors that aren't as easy to contend with. Yeah. But these yuppie type neighbors, like the big issue is that with them is their yuppiness that they have this house mm-hmm. and they have it all modern, and all this electronic equipment. And they drink wine and they're yeah. just really snooty. And they're just put out that these kind of middle class, kind of bourgeois kind yeah. of people. Have their families over yeah. there doing traditional stuff. And they have all their Christmas lights up. And it's really bright. Yeah. And just, oh. But, and that's it. Yeah, it's kind of lame. So that part of it, I was kind of like, eh, it's not Nicholas Guest and Julia Louis-Dreyfus' fault. They're actually 
playing the roles well. Oh yeah, they're perfect. But it's just like a dated kind of a character. Thing. It is, but and it's and then in the tradition, and particularly in these '80s movies, these people get their comeuppance. Yes. You know, they come back around. You know, and they you know get their just desserts. Yeah, but I mean, know? honestly, Clark is really mean to them at certain points well it's like when he says I, he's gonna shove a christmas tree where the sun don't shine basically yeah that's pretty and, harsh and the husband is like how dare you talk to me like that and he implies that he wasn't well he doesn't imply it he says oh, i right. wasn't talking to you so he's basically talking about the the woman oh god that's which right is not so nice clark well it, i guess it's just like i'm conditioned to think that clark griswold is our hero well so it's, it's because he is an everyman too he's yeah the, we talked about him being the born loser trope, but he's also like an everyman trope. However, it is a dated kind of an everyman. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, you do see him as somebody that, if if even if you don't call him the hero, he's somebody you identify with to some extent. Yeah. Because you understand that he just wants to have this nice Christmas but everything bad keeps happening to him, and it's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these things have happened to me. Uh, the Christmas bonus thing Oh yeah, happened a couple years ago at a job where we would get a Christmas bonus every year. I don't, it wasn't to the extent of what he's getting. I'd never, I wouldn't even be able to buy, like, a, a little paddling pool with that bonus. <laughs> but, you know, it was something. Sure, yeah. And, you know, we depended on it. I'd been at that job for, like, six years, and we kept getting it. And then one year, the day before Thanksgiving, they told us, oh, by the way, we're not doing bonuses this year. Oh, good. Um, so that was a really uncool Thanksgiving gift from work. Well, that was one of the big things in the movie is that, you know, we have Cousin Eddie who goes out and takes the boss, played by Brian Doyle Murray, hostage. Yes. And taking him hostage and bringing him to Clark's house somehow gets him to see the error of his ways and not only does he reinstate the christmas bonus he ups it by what 10 15 percent maybe yeah. more i mean I... you know so that's a great lesson you know if anybody <laughs> isn't doing what you want yeah send your insane cousin to kidnap them yeah and that'll that'll do it's i mean that, <laughs> the logic of that is nuts yeah it I doesn't mean, make a whole lot of sense no i mean it's the movie's funny though i mean again randy yeah. quaid sticking with him in christmas vacation randy quaid is extremely funny yeah he's very funny in this and it's also real like he i mean it's it is eccentric it is turned all the way up yeah yeah but at the same time we all have an eccentric relative oh yeah at least one at, at least, least one, one who just is a weird weirdo who mm-hmm. weirds and like you know it, it's very believable to me to have this relative who kind of comes in and torches everything <laughs> even <laughs> though they're not trying to yeah but it's just like they you know everything they touch turns to poop sometimes literally with cousin eddie <laughs> oh i mean that's i mean that right there that's my my favorite part of the entire movie. Yeah. You know, when he's outside, you know, Cousin Eddie is outside pouring his, you know, <laughs> chemical uh, waste into the sewer, yeah. you know. From and, his uh, RV. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Clark sees him. <laughs> and then, you know, Cousin Eddie waves to him. He has a cigar in his mouth. Or does he have a cigar or does he have a beer? I think... I don't remember either way i think he has this i think he might be smoking because no 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 because that would blow up the the thing which it does later yes no i think he's probably just yeah he's just drinking that beer okay it's a beer that was discontinued i remember reading a trivia piece about it oh that's interesting yeah. so so clark sees him dumping the chemical waste from his rv into the sewer and a cousin eddie happily waves to him and says shitter was full and then we go back, you know, inside of the house, and we have <laughs> Clark and his wife. And Clark goes, ah, yeah, have you checked our shitters, honey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. It's that wit. It's that dry wit. And yes. it's, it's so it's, perfect. That part was really funny. Cause, and the funny thing is you always think about Eddie, mm-hmm. like, waving. He's got, like, the short robe on. Oh, yeah. And just, ha- you know, boxer shorts, and he's dumping the chemical toilet and he's like shitter was full but then coming back in and chevy chase being like 
Oh, yeah. Shitter's full. Checked our shitters, honey. <laughs> That's amazing. It's perfect. And it's, again, it, the comedy is excellent. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys from National Lampoons, you know, they knew what to do because... You know, it's a similar energy to Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Because in this, we have Randy Quaid with the bigger, larger-than-life energy, right? And then you have Chevy Chase playing it really close to the vest. Yes. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's just perfect. Good balance. Yeah, and bringing Cousin Eddie back, I mean, just a brilliant move. You will always remember Cousin Eddie from the first vacation. And then when he comes back for this one... You just feel like, yes. Well, and there's all these little minor characters who are super funny. Mm -hmm. Like William Hickey is like the weird old uncle is hilarious with, with his, his toupee. terrible toupee. Yeah. And he's so mad because he's, I guess it's his wife is the really old lady mm -hmm. who was the voice of Betty Boop, actually. No kidding. Yeah, I think this is her last movie. Oh, wow. And... The two of them are always, she she can't hear, so he's always yelling at her. Yes. And that was my mom's parents. My grandfather was very deaf. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother was always yelling at him <laughs> to oh, repeat geez. whatever he said. You know, and she was like the nicest person, but she's still like, Wilmer, they said blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's very funny and very real. And the dog... That's just named Snot or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's aptly named because there's just it's snot everywhere. everywhere. Oh. And we mentioned Brian Doyle Murray as the boss, but mm -hmm. I think he deserves a second mention because he's very funny. Oh, he's, he's funny good. in everything. Yeah. But in this, I thought he was particularly hilarious and, you know, very one note in like the best way. Yeah. You, yeah. You love he's him. just like the mean capitalist boss. Well, and we also, if we're mentioning uh, people that just showed up briefly and another connection, we have Sam McMurray, oh, who yeah. is mm -hmm. uh, working at the company with Chevy Chase. Sam McMurray was in Raising Arizona. And was great. Yes, he played the husband of Francis McDormand. You know, he was uh, the they swinger. They went to the wife swap. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He was great in this, too. Just a little part as Clark's co-worker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just, There's a lot of good people in it. So your favorite line, I guess, would be the shitter was full. Absolutely. Followed by, did you check her shit? <laughs> yeah, that was just such a wonderful, wonderful, it's you know, retort. Punch right there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that really does it. And, well, you know, the other thing, and I've never had this. I don't know if you've had it. Have you ever had a relative that just would wrap things up from around the house? <laughs> I think so. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But never like a live Not cat. Not like the live cat. Yeah. No. And what about the Jello? No Jello. Okay. I think just it was like, a... I mean, they probably just were re-gifting, but not re-gifting like <laughs> non-gift items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Um, yeah. I did that one year as a kid. I'm sorry to interrupt. Regifting. I yeah. I I wanted to give my parents gifts, but I didn't have any money, so I just went around the house and started wrapping things up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Put it under the tree. That's cute though. Yeah, I was trying. I wrapped they up. They probably a... laughed about that. They did. I wrapped up like a nice watch. You know. <laughs> My dad was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I love it. Yeah, I, I always wanted to do it with the gift giving. I'm you a love gifting. I do. Yeah, you're a gift guy. Like, I have an ear for gifts. If people say something they want as a gift, I never forget it. And when the time comes, I will get the perfect gift for you. And it's just, it's something that I love. I love receiving gifts. Don't get me wrong, but I love giving gifts. I love seeing people happy. You know? And that's why I keep them around. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you are a very good gift giver. I put a lot of effort into gifts also. And they're good gifts. I do like gift baskets or themed group gifts and yes. things like this. That I really love giving more than I like even unwrapping my own. I like getting gifts too, same thing. But I want to give you more and more gifts. There's something super special about giving a gift that somebody really loves. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like agree. That. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think my favorite scene probably has to be when Clark, like, fully loses it. Oh, yes. And just goes off on the complete rant. Yep. Um, which I'm not going to say the whole thing of here, but he just uses every possible word to describe this boss or whatever and how mad he is about not getting the bonus. 
And after he just goes on and on in like practically one breath for like a full minute, it's just yeah. like, and hallelujah and holy shit. <laughs> and then he just <laughs> stomps off. And I just thought it was hysterical and real <laughs> because we've all been that mad. You're just oh, so yeah. mad. Like you can't even deal with it. But we're also very, well, I in particular am a very verbal mad person. So when I'm mad, I say some of the funniest things. You sure do. And I'm, you know, it's bad because then people laugh at me while I'm mad, which only makes me madder. <laughs> it's tough, it's, it's a bad circular kind of a situation. You're we too get funny. Into. You're too funny. Yeah, I know. It really comes out because, well, when I'm mad, I'm very uninhibited. So I'm talking like nonstop. You know, a flood of angry stuff coming out of me um, without thinking about it. And that is hilarious. And that's what happened in that scene. And it, it did make me laugh. But I have to say that at the same time, that kind of leads into my different reaction mm-hmm. to the movie this time. Which is, I think when I watched this as a kid, I was more taken with just what was happening in these little episodic moments. and. Yeah just laughing at the jokes because there's a lot of funny jokes and there's a lot of one-liners just on top of Mm one-liners and just you know funny the people's demeanor is funny and things like this but this time i actually was frustrated through a lot of the movie because i I, just like we've said before you have this guy that just kind of really wants everything to be perfect which is an unreasonable expectation right it is it's hard though but it's like i have that same like childlike wish you just want it to be you want it to be wonderful and you know and clark really does try i mean this is something that uh i wanted to mention which is cousin eddie you know his kids they don't have the money to buy them gifts and so they make sure clark makes sure that they buy gifts for the kids. Yeah. And you're just That's like... That's a funny yes. scene, too, though, because... <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. They're talking about how they don't have... Eddie doesn't have any money. They're wheeling through Walmart or some other large discount store type place. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps putting, like, 50-pound bags of dog food in the cart. <laughs> yes. For snot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, I don't have any money to buy my kids gifts, but here's, like, literally, like, three or four 50-pound dog food bags for snot. I know people like that, too. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's really, like, thanks so much. Thanks so much. I'm just, just one more thing. Just yeah. going to get one more thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, though, yeah, I feel, I felt, I felt, felt, I felt frustrated <laughs> during this movie this time because I felt Clark's pain because I, you know, I think there are people who are more like take it as it comes kind of people. And his wife is like that. And, you know, she's like, look, I want to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Don't try so hard. Yeah. But Clark is a try hard. He is. And I am also a try hard. And you are also a try hard. Absolutely. (laughs) We're the kind of people that are just like, I'm going to have fun no matter what. It's going to be the best one ever. And, you know, that foils us a lot of times. I mean, Look at, you know, if I could just call back two weeks to our little vacation week where I had already had like this hurt knee. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, you know what, it's not going to, you know, we're not going to lose any money. We haven't booked anything. It's probably better if I just stay home and put my leg up. No, I'm like, let me just go walk all over the place until my leg just completely destroys itself. How about that? Because I'm not going to give up on that idea that I'm going to have this great vacation. No. Even if it kills me. (laughs) And that's kind of where Clark is. He's going to have an old-fashioned family Christmas if it literally murders the entire family. Well, you know, Beverly D'Angelo, Clark's wife, what's, I, I cannot remember her name. I can't remember. I feel like a fool. So bad. I, all right. So the kids are Rusty and Audrey mm-hmm. and the wife is, he doesn't call her by her name, really. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Let, let's definitely I'll take, look it it, up. take it to IMDb. That's what I'm doing. You can fill in, talk. Well, I mean, the part that I want to talk about is, yes, the, the wife tries to let it roll, but even she gets really tested because she's in the kitchen and she's trying to have a cigarette just to calm down. And her mother's like, are you smoking? 
are you smoking? She's like, no, no. And she just kind of angrily puts it out. You know, and again, this was this was the 80s where smoking was just a completely different proposition. You know, it was like kind of up there with drinking soda, I guess. I mean, is that is that a good comparison? I mean, I don't know if it was that acceptable, but I mean, it was. I mean, I remember Ellen, that's her name. Ellen. I remember growing up and in Mississippi, like people were smoking in the grocery store. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, it was much more of a ubiquitous thing for people to just be smoking. People would come over to our house, and no one smoked in our house. My dad used to smoke when he was younger, but he had quit. And we would still have ashtrays out, so people could just smoke. And, yeah. you know, it was like, oh, it's really good. So, when I was a kid, at this point, like I said, you know, no one was smoking in the house. My dad used to smoke pipes. And what I tried to do is get him to stop smoking by trying to flush the pipes down the toilet. <laughs> I did that. I'm yeah. sure that went over great. He laughed his ass off, actually. Oh. He thought it was good, and you know what? He actually did quit. Well, thank goodness he has a good sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And, well, and then we had, you know, a friend come over to the house that was smoking. And what I started to do is I just had this little pad, and I just started writing, uh, please stop smoking. Thank you for not smoking. And I kept just giving, giving the... the person the notes the as they were that, sitting there. The fact that we became smokers later in life. Oh, uh, what a fool. Yeah. What a I fool. hated smoking too, but then I started smoking. Uh, but then I stopped. Yeah. We've been stopped for a long time now, thankfully. Yeah. 11 years. But it, it was very acceptable. When, it was. Up to the point when we were even in high school, college. We were cool kids then. You know no, what I mean? I wasn't trying cool to be kids. cool. I just was trying not to cough. The only way I wouldn't cough around my smoking friends was if I was also smoking. Mm. Stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, but And then they quit, and then I didn't. So, you know, they ended up being quit way longer than me. Not a smart. See, people think I'm smart. Not that smart. Well, um, we all have our, our missteps, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad we are off the smoking path. Yeah, and mm. I'm glad that smoking isn't as socially acceptable no. as it was back in the day because it stinks and it's gross. Anyway. Anyway. Did you have any other final thoughts about uh, Christmas Vacation? Christmas Vacation is like, it goes down really smooth. I felt like the runtime was fast. I think the movie's just right around 90 minutes, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, it's a quick one. Maybe 97. And it goes really fast, and it hits all the points that you've had one time or another during Christmas. Yeah, and I think it would be a fun movie to watch with your family. Correct, because everyone then can point out these experiences. And I think what's so great about Christmas Vacation is it opens up a discussion because everyone wants to talk about, oh, this happened to me during Christmas. Yeah. And I have a family member that did this. And, and what's then, your you favorite know, tradition? And right. what do you like? And I think that's cool, too. I like that, yeah. And the other thing that happens in this movie that just, you know, ties it up really nice is at the end, because of the explosion, um, we actually have Santa's reindeer... <laughs> Yes. Go up into the sky. Fly across the sky. Yeah. And and then we just see Clark Griswold out there smiling, just like looking up, yeah. you know, at the sky and the, the stars. And it's it's nice. You feel like he actually, in the end, did get he his Christmas wish. He finally got what he wanted. And it makes you feel like, you know what? We can have that Christmas, too. Yeah. I we mean, can have it work. He went through all kind of stuff to get it. Mm-hmm. But it ended up working out in the end. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. You know, he was with his family. He was happy. It's it's just all the things that, that you want. And all the things that he went through that weren't, you know, very fun are wonderful stories later. Yes, and that's the thing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like a good story about how things went wrong. No, I mean, those are the stories that I find myself telling more than they're things that went right. Yeah. Nobody cares if you had, like, a nice dinner. But if your turkey blew up, like oh, in yeah. this, that's the story. What the turkey blew up? The dried up turkey that kind of just desiccates itself on the... Oh, bad. The the jello with cat food in it for oh. decoration. These, <laughs> these are the stories you tell. So yeah. you get something out of it in the end. Mm -hmm. So do you have a food, a comfort food, not a jello with cat food, food? 
that you would use to describe this movie? I would use drink, actually. Okay. I would say eggnog with a lot of booze. All right. You know, because that, that just seems to be the spirit of this film. You know, it's yeah. just a wild ride that you see yourself, you know, talking about with your friends, you know, around the fire, you know, yeah. like you could just see that, like you have your sweaters on and you have this great eggnog and booze and you're all laughing and it's the best. And that's, that's what I think about with this. I like that. Mm -hmm. For me, I think about like, I'll go with a drink too. Mm -hmm. I think about like peppermint hot cocoa. Ooh, okay. Cause I love, I really like peppermint hot cocoa. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does. Um, I don't know that I acquired do. taste. Well, I, I like have... hot cocoa. The peppermint, I was like, eh, it doesn't look bad. Well, I think it's good because it's like that little extra sharp thing mm -hmm. that makes it special. And it's very Christmassy kind of a thing to me. I love peppermint in general, but especially around Christmas, I like peppermint flavor. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy uh, a peppermint hot cocoa. And that's what I would choose for Christmas vacation. You just think about... You know, we live in L.A. now, so we don't really have, like, the Christmas weather. But I think about back when we lived in Massachusetts, snowy. Yeah. But you're warm inside, sitting in your mom's sunroom with all mm -hmm. the windows. Oh, yeah. Just enjoying the lights and maybe having a nice hot cup of cocoa. Well, I'm going to try this peppermint hot cocoa this year because when I think back, my immediate reaction was, ooh, but then I was like, have you had it? And honestly, if I have had it, I don't remember it, so well, it's time try to try it. it. Yeah, peppermint bark. Have you had peppermint bark? Is it the chocolate with peppermint chunks in it? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Well, I bought some Junior Mints hot cocoa that you can put through the K cup machine. Junior Mints. I know all about Junior Mints. Well, that's chocolate peppermint. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Duh. <laughs> It's peppermint on the inside, and then it's got, like, the chocolate coating. It's not super chocolatey, but it's chocolate and peppermint together. Mm. Do you like York peppermint patties? Love. That's what it tastes like, except warm. Then I really need to do this. Yeah, we're going to do it right after. Okay. All right. And if it doesn't work, we'll put some whiskey and some eggnog, I guess. <laughs> That's the way. Just drink, get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well... Folks, I hope you enjoyed our kind of off-the-rails discussion of Christmas Vacation. Yes. Uh, we didn't sweat to death and die in our Santa hats. No, it's cool tonight. And eventually we're going to have a website with clips. So yeah. You, so we'll put this up and you can see how silly we look. Um, <laughs> but thanks for uh, joining us this week and listening to us uh, talk about our Christmas traditions and mm -hmm. what we liked about vacation. And uh, next week, we're going to be back for episode 11, which is also our third week of Christmas-themed episodes. Yeah. And we're going to do a bit of a different thing. We're going to do a little double header mm -hmm. where we talk about two different versions of the Charles Dickens classic Christmas Carol. One will be the Muppets Christmas Carol, which is great because we love the Muppets. Sure do. Gonzo is my favorite. Mm. And Kermit. I love Kermit. Kermit's great. And then we're also going to talk about the Bill Murray film Scrooged. Yes. Which is a kind of a modern update of Christmas Carol that is John's probably number one favorite Christmas movie. I would 100% agree with that. And it has become, at least in my top three, if not in like my top two, perhaps. Um, and, you know, sometimes I might even think it's number one. All right. It's a great, great movie. Sure is. So... We look forward to discussing that next week, mm -hmm. and we hope that you're able to come and join us. If you have any feedback or Christmas uh, data that you want to share with us about yeah. <laughs> your own uh, Christmas traditions, uh, hit us up on our socials, either Facebook or Instagram, mm -hmm. um, or Twitter, if you do that, um, and let us know, you know, what do you do on Christmas? What's your favorite Christmas tradition? Or your favorite terrible Christmas story. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun About to hear. when things went wrong. Yeah. That's what I want to hear about. Maybe we'll do a post asking about Christmas horror stories. That sounds awesome. That would be fun. Yeah, we can laugh. Yeah. We can Have laugh. Have some laughs. That's what we like to do on our socials. Yeah. We like to get on Instagram and share some jokes mm -hmm. and funny stories. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks, everybody. And stay comfy. Thanks for coming. Stay comfy. Good night.